0: Welcome to podcast number two by exploring Bible lands. I'm Barry Britnell, and I appreciate you joining me today. In March of 2013, Kenyan Amos Matui went to Jerusalem to participate in the Jerusalem Marathon. A couple of days before the race, a reporter from the Jerusalem Post asked him about the course and his initial impressions of Jerusalem. He said, "It's spiritual and exciting to see this ancient city. This is my first time in Jerusalem, and it's hillier than I expected." We hope to have an emotional and impressive run. Obviously, I don't know Mr. Matui personally, so I have no idea how often he reads his Bible or if he ever does. However, a quick read of scriptures will reveal many instances in which the hills of Jerusalem are discussed. Even Jesus told parables in which he described people in Jerusalem as going up to the temple and then down to their house. These mountains are important, and that's what we will be discussing on today's program. Everyone has seen pictures of the view of Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. Perhaps some of you who are listening have even been there. It's a beautiful view. You look across the Kidron Valley and you see the Temple Mount in the foreground with the old city in the background. Behind that, you can see all of the buildings and urban sprawl of modern-day Jerusalem. Now, imagine if you're standing up there with King David. You could comment to him about how beautiful Jerusalem is. Of course, he would agree with you. But then you look at him and you realize that he's not even looking in the same direction that you're looking in. You're looking at the Temple Mount and the shiny gold on top of the Dome of the Rock. He's looking farther to the south. See, in David's time, the area that you were looking at was just a field and a rocky outcrop. It was outside the city of Jerusalem. David is looking at a small, nine-anchor peninsula of land just south of where you're looking. That's the Jerusalem that David knows. In 2 Samuel 5, David is anointed king of Israel, and he sets up his capital at Hebron. After seven and a half years, David moves his capital from Hebron to Jerusalem. With the help of his armies under the command of Joab, he conquers the city from the Jebusites. Now why would the Jebusites build here? Well, it had water. The Gihon Spring was located on this peninsula of land. Second, it was easy to defend. With deep valleys surrounding this piece of land, an invading army would have a very difficult time penetrating the city. The only way that Joab and his men were able to capture it was by climbing up some of the tunnels in and around the Gihon Spring. So why did David move his capital to Jerusalem? Probably because it better positioned him closer to the east-west route through the land. The main east-west route went through the Benjamin Plateau, which is only about five miles north of Jerusalem. But of course, David also chose this location for the same reasons that the Jebusites had this piece of land, for the security it provided. This city was bounded on nearly every side by deep valleys, On the eastern side of the city, you had the Kidron Valley, which runs from north to south on its way through the wilderness of Judea down to the Dead Sea. On the north and west side, the Central Valley provided protection. Now the Central Valley is actually never mentioned in scripture, but it was there. In the first century, Josephus refers to this valley as the Tyropian Valley. The Central Valley flowed into the Hinnom Valley, which snaked its way around the southern portion of the city. The Hinnom Valley merged into the Kidron Valley at Enrogel. Good Bible students may recognize Enrogel as the site where Adonijah threw a feast in an attempt to assert the throne just before David died. These valleys, the Kidron Valley, the Central Valley, and the Hinnom Valley, almost entirely encircled Jerusalem and offered it a high level of security. Of course, on the other side of these valleys are hills, and Interestingly enough, all of these hills are higher than David's Jerusalem. The city itself sits at approximately 2,300 feet in elevation. On the eastern side, the Mount of Olive rises to 2,700 feet, 400 feet higher than the city. During biblical times, this hill was covered with olive trees. It is mentioned a number of times in the Gospels and was frequently crossed by Jesus as he traveled in and out of the city. And in 2 Samuel 15. We even read of David climbing the Mount of Olives in an attempt to escape the city during Absalom's rebellion. On the northern side was the hill that would eventually become what we know as the current Temple Mount. That hill rises to 300 feet above the city. Solomon eventually expanded the city of Jerusalem to include this hill and built the first temple there. On the western side, the western hill rises to a height of 2,500 feet, which is about 200 feet higher than the city. During King Hezekiah's time, he expanded the wall of Jerusalem around this hill to provide protection for the refugees from the northern kingdom of Israel after it fell to the Assyrians. And finally, across the Hinnom Valley to the south is the southern mountain at about 2,600 feet. So, picture this in your mind. This small, nine-acre city is built on a piece of land which is surrounded by deep valleys and hills which are higher than the city itself. You're probably asking yourself, why is he telling me all of this? It's because I want to help you understand one simple verse of Scripture. In the 125th Psalm, verse 2 says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people, from this time forth and forevermore. Isn't that beautiful? As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. This psalm was written around the time of the United Kingdom, and the writer of this psalm is making an assumption that the reader completely understands the geography of Jerusalem, and by doing so, understands the full intent of what he's trying to say. Just as the mountains, will always be there to provide protection for this ancient city of Jerusalem, so the Lord will always be there for His people. Having an understanding of the geography of the Bible helps you to understand the Bible even more. Would you like to learn more about the lands of the Bible? Let me offer a couple of suggestions. First, you can subscribe to this podcast. You can do so with iTunes or any other podcast application service. Second, you can find information on my website at www.exploringbiblelands.com. On that website, you'll find a number of pictures and articles about the lands of the Bible. Right now, we're featuring some pictures from Trent and Rebecca Dutton who have lived in Israel. Make sure you enter your email address to have your blog post emailed directly to you. Third, you can find us on social media. Be sure to like our page on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Just search for Exploring Bible Lands. Finally, if you want to learn firsthand about the land of Israel, I invite you to join me this October as I lead a Bible study tour of that beautiful land. For more information, check out the website and click on the 2015 Israel Tour link at the top of the page. Thank you for joining me. And I'm looking forward to our next time together as we will once again explore the lands of the Bible.